0: Hey, so tonight's our last week of the series that we're in, and somebody remind me what this series is. Anybody know? Anybody? 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 Don't break my heart. Don't break my achy breaky heart. No, no, <laughs> no, we're not. I'm glad you remember that one. So, uh, so I need to name them all TV shows. Is that what you're telling me? Um, so we're in our mission statement. So we, as a youth group, have a mission statement. And so the last three weeks, or this counting this week, we have gone through a mission statement. Does anybody know what that is? Okay. Don't hurt yourself. All right, so, all right, you'll know what we've been talking about the last couple weeks. We are known and, known and, yes, known and loved, while being, come on, big, nice church word, discipled, and... (laughs) Sent. Before that, we talked about the God knows everything about us, and and out of that, He loves us, even though He shouldn't. And then, tonight, we're going to talk about what it means to be sent. So, real quick, uh, anybody know what the Great Commission, anybody quote the Great Commission? Middle school did, just so you know. So, Matthew 28, verse 16. The eleven disciples traveled to the Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had directed them. When they saw Him, they worshipped, but some doubted. Jesus came near to them and said, All authority has been given to me in heaven and earth. Go, therefore, and make... There it is. Yes, there it is. Awesome. There it is. Very good. Very good. Very good. Good. Awesome. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Hey, so real quick, real quick. <laughs> yes, I know. FA show now. Real quick, real quick. There's a question that almost all of us ask. Uh, there's a question that whether you're saved or lost or somewhere, you can't be somewhere in between. But whether you're saved or lost or uh, you come to church sometimes, there's a question we all ask, and that is, why am I here? Right? You've probably asked that, or at least you know someone is probably like, man, I don't understand why I'm here. Man, why, what is my purpose in life? Anybody heard of that before? Man, anybody thought that before? Man, why, what am I here for? What am I good at? What am I, what am I supposed to do with my life? Well, if we look at the Great Commission, what is ultimately, we as believers, we as Christians, what are we supposed to do? What is our, our, our number one priority as believers? Our, our mission, what is it? It is. Yes, but what is it, What are the word? What's the verbiage we used here? Share the gospel. Share the gospel, but come on. What's what's the verbiage here? We just quoted it. Make yes, go therefore and make disciples, and we'll emphasize on that. What's that two letter word? Go. Go. We are to go, and so I don't want to dig too much in this. We're going to jump somewhere else in Isaiah, but I just want to make it very clear. Our purpose, you as believers, our purpose is to go, is to go, and not only to go but to make disciples and so but the problem is many of us let's be honest we live for other stuff we have this other purpose we have this other thing or things that we think is our purpose so what's some of that stuff real quick what's some of that stuff what's some things that we decide hey i don't you know i don't really want to live for christ so what are some other things that i would rather live for money. money okay we got money so if i got money we're gonna call this little thing money this little star shape and i'm gonna try to put this thing in the oval spot what's about to happen not gonna fit okay so what's some other stuff what's some other stuff do what? clout, <laughs> clout? yes we live for clout <laughs> i didn't used to know what that word meant but now i do so we have clout and we're going to try to fit it in the wrong space and what happens doesn't work, doesn't work. so what else popularity. popularity if i try to put this popularity in the triangle it doesn't work doesn't work what else People to put in the oval. Right. we're moving on <laughs> do what yeah, relationship, friendships, maybe even family. And man, I, that is what my life's about. And I'll take this little circle and I'll try to fit it into the star slot. It won't work. But here's the deal. If I say, Christ, hey, Jesus, your word, I treat it as my authority in my life. And you say, I'm to go above all other things. That Hey, the great commission is for me to go and make disciples of all nations. When I wake up in the morning, that is my purpose. And I say, hey, this is my purpose, that I'm running after Christ and I'm obeying Him in the way I live, in the purpose that I live, and then uh, magically what's about to happen, my, my, my five-month-old at home will be amazed. It's going to fit in the right spot. I know, I know, I know. Calm down. Hold your applause, please. Um, I figured out how to do this shape game last week. Um, so here's the deal, though. Here's the reason I'm doing this silly illustration. It's because, hey, here's the deal. If you saw Eli, my five-month-old that's adorable playing this little this little shape game and she couldn't fit it in the right spot you guys you guys would be like oh that's so cute but if i said hey edan i want you to figure this game out and edan's got this start he's just trying to fit it in the oval spot and it just won't do it his public school i know the public school has failed us again here's what that's not it that's not cute right that's not cute at all we're like edan needs help and ultimately what that is 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 that is sad and here's the deal you and I do the same things with our life. We do. All the time. Hey, I, you know what? I want to clout. I love that he said that. I'm going to try to fit this in. I'm going to try to make this work. And I do it for the rest of my life. And you'll see that person and you just see, man, that's so sad. Because they have totally missed it. And the whole close up. And the whole close up. Okay. And maybe, man, i got money and I've got fame and I want those things. And I'm going to try to fit it in the wrong spot over and over and over again. And ultimately, what do we know? It's a train wreck. How many celebrities of our time, even your guys' young age, have committed suicide or overdosed or they had it all? And they what did they, every single time, what did they find? It wasn't enough. So what I want to do, now, I don't want to focus on whether God has called us to go or not. That's undebatable. If you are a believer in Christ, if you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, there is not an option. It is not optional whether you go and make disciples. You are to go. So hear me on that. If not, if you try to do anything else, you're going to be that person who's trying to fit the star in the circle. But what I want to talk through tonight for us is how do I do that? How do I go about, how do I go from believer to weak in my faith to man, strong in my faith to being on mission for Christ? So real quick, if you've got your Bible, Isaiah 6 is where we're going to be. It is one of my favorite passages, Isaiah 6. Isaiah 6. It starts like this. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord seated on a high and a lofty throne. And the hem of his robe was filled with the temple. So what's going on real quick? So we're all on the same page. Isaiah saw what? Or whom? The Lord. And it said what? Just the hem of God's robe filled the temple. Seraphim, which is a type of angel, were standing above him. They each had six wings. They were covered, they were with their face they, two covered their faces, with two covered their feet, and with two they flew. And one called to another, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of armies. His glory fills the whole earth. The foundations of the doorway shook at the sound of their voices and the temple was filled with smoke. Then I said, Woe is me. Hear that. He sees Christ. He he sees God. And what is his first response? Woe is me. For I am ruined because I am a man of unclean lips and live among a people of unclean lips. And because my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of armies. Then one of the seraphim flew to me and his hands was glowing with coal that he had taken from the altar with tongs. He touched my mouth with it and said, now that this has touched your lips, that he just called unclean, your iniquity is removed and your sin is atoned for. Don't miss this part. Then I heard the voice of the Lord asking, who should I send? Who will go for us? Y'all miss this. This is one of the coolest verses. And he said, I said, Isaiah, here I am, send me. Here's our first point tonight is this. And hear this. Is there's perspective in the understanding of God's vastness. There is perspective in the understanding of God's vastness. So, one of my favorite things about college was intramural sports. It was, we were just fun. I was out of shape, so it was the only cardio I got. Um, And so every year I had a group of friends that we all lived in the same hallway in our dorm, freshman year on. And so every year we'd play basketball, football. I was awful at softball, but we would do it. Dodgeball even. Uh, Every sport they offered, we'd play together. And uh, it was a lot of fun. In fact, my sophomore year, we won every single sport. And, and so because of that, we were like the most hated group in the whole school. Like every time we tried to sit with somebody, they're like, don't sit with us. We wear pink on Wednesdays, that kind of stuff. Like they didn't want anything to do with us because we'd beat them in a real sports. And honestly, in this little tiny Christian college that I went to, it was at times miserable because people would just take it so seriously. If you can just imagine a bunch of out of shape dudes who are trying to relive their glory days. And in fact, a couple times, man, we'd come to blow, not me, but I was way too, I didn't have good enough insurance to come to fight, but uh, people would come to blows over a car, over uh, you fill in the blank. And from the outside looking in, you would be like, man, how sad is that? And why would you say that? Because these young men, or supposedly young men who would Take, I had, in fact, one guy, we played flag football together my freshman year, and every single day he'd come in my dorm room and want to go over a place. It's like, dude, I do not care. (laughs) Because they had no perspective on this sport or sports or intramural sports. They had no perspective. In their mind, in the moment, this was the most important thing. that make sense Uh, that this uh, this game this season that you know you may get a congratulations from the you know the head of intramural who was just another student and you may get a little ribbon that's all we were playing for but man they would treat it as if it was so important and the reason they would do that is because they lacked perspective they could not see that it did not matter it didn't they could not see past the moment they could not see that hey Dude, no one cares. In fact, the girl you're trying to impress right now doesn't care. And here's why I bring that up. Not to relive my sophomore year where we dominated. You know, that was a good year. The reason I bring that up is because there's perspective when we understand how big God is. There's perspective. We just talked about all the things that we want to fill our purpose with. All the things that we think are so dear. And if I were to take them from you, let's be honest, it would crush many of us. Because so when we see it, man, that is our world. That is our purpose in life. When I wake up, it's the first thing I think about. Whether it's my sport, whether it's school, whether it's uh, a girl or a guy, whether it's my friend group, whether it's my family, man, that is my purpose in life. And if you were to dare take it away from me, man, I would have no reason to live. Here's what I love about this chapter we just read, though. These eight verses. So I love... When Isaiah sees God, what is his response? Woe is me. Woe is me. And for many of us, can I be honest, some of us need to have some woe is me moments. A.W. Tozer says it like this, that the most important thing, what comes into our minds when we think about God is the most important thing about us. Most important thing. And for many of us, most of us I would dare say in this room, God is not that big a deal to us. You say, How dare you say that? And here's why I can say that, because I look at the way we live our lives. If we had an Isaiah moment, if we saw how big God was, how big he is, how amazing his, how amazing his love is for us, can I be honest? Our dating relationships, our friendships, our sports would feel silly. They would. I'm just being honest. Uh, Even if I try to put my wife and my amazing little daughter above God, it would just seem silly because he's that big. He's that great. He's that grand. And so for many of us, the issue is that we refuse to see how big God is in our life. So yeah, well, yeah, we like the idea, of God. Yeah, we do. Like we we talk about it all the time. We love we love free stuff. It's free for me. So we hear about this guy who wants to give us free grace. Well, that's awesome. But man, the minute I got to give it up for him, ho, ho, whoa, 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 slow your roll. And why is that? It's not because we don't like the rules. It's because we don't understand how big he is. But if we come to like Isaiah and we say. God, you're amazing. Woe is me, man. I am, I am a sinner. I need your help. God, you are amazing. Then we have no issue with the fact that I just said, hey, the most important thing in your life is to go make disciples. Why? Because it comes from Christ himself, and he's amazing. He's huge, and I want to make that guy happy because he is better than anything else I can pursue. Next point is this. Is there self-discovery in the journey? I said to this a school a minute ago, and they were so lost. So here's what I mean. First Corinthians 12, 6 says this. There are different activities, but the same God produces each gift in each person. So what's that saying real quick? There's different activities, but the same God produces what? Each gift in each person. So what, what's that mean? What does that mean? God produces? Each gift, each person. Yeah, each gift in each person. Now what kind of gifts are you talking about? Is it like, hey, God is actually Santa Claus? Like, call CNN, call Fox News. We found out who Santa is. Yes, good. Our talents, our abilities. And Ephesians 2.10 says this, is For we His workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared ahead of time for us to do. All right, so two things here. Two truths I want you to hear. First, we just said what? That ultimately, can we all agree that we all have gifts of some sort? It may be Fortnite, but we all have gifts of some sort. Sure. And this next verse says this. That what? That we are created in Christ for what? Good works, which God has prepared ahead of time for us to do. So, hey, we've got, we've all got gifts. We've all have got, have gifts from God. And ultimately that God has prepared good works for us to do. Does that make sense? It's pretty simple. God has given you ability and he's prepared for you to use them. True, so what that means. And so when I say there's self-discovery in the journey, here's what I mean. Uh, I was born uh, with a really short family um in fact liz when we were married got married was the second tallest mormon and i'm not even kidding like cousins aunts uncles parents like liz at 510 was the second tallest person in the mormon family reunion and i'm six two ish don't tell me a different okay i'm six two and so for most of my life i but like 13 years old, i was taller than like literally every mormon i knew uh not the religion my family mormons um i was taller than everybody in my family And man, I was so convinced that basketball is my future. I was like, this is God-ordained. This is like the miracle. Like, I'm Samson from the Old Testament, that God has somehow touched me, that I've grown to be this tall, and I can dribble, and I can shoot. This is my gift to the world. And clearly, you guys have seen me play basketball, and you're like, dude, there's something wrong with you. You thought that. But in reality is, Many of us live that way. There's some stuff we're good at, right? Well, if I would ask you something, I'd be like, yeah, I'm, I can sing, I can do this. But unfortunately, most of us, especially me as a high schooler, man, what my gift, a gift that I had, wasn't a good one, but I thought it was, what did I want to glorify with it? Myself. <laughs> man, if we had Instagram back then, I would have had it on my bio line, the, yo, baller, what up? Um, and, and that was me. I wanted everybody to know. Like I, I, I've told y'all weird stories about how obsessed. Like in middle school, man, I was that weird kid, like walking down the hallway in the line, like you know, crossing people up. Like there's no ball. I, I wanted everybody to know that I could play basketball. I, w- <laughs> I wanted everyone to know my quote unquote gift. But here's the thing: as I began to grow in my faith. I began to mature in my faith. I began to be obedient to Him. And you guys know my story. You know, basketball kind of got taken away with some bad knees. But I, got, I figured out that, A, that God had a different plan for my life, and then, B, that God that God had given me more gifts than just a jump shot. And so what I mean by when there's self-discovery in the journey. We've all, God has given you gifts. Whether you know it or not, whether you feel that way or not, God has given you gifts and why is he giving you gifts not so that you can get more instagram followers not so you can cross people up in the hallway why is he giving you gifts he's giving you gifts because in ephesians two ten 10 says that he is prepared ahead of time for things for you to do for the glory of the kingdom just to look back at a few people in the old testament and one in the new when you look at the life of david what do we know about david David was what? The youngest of his family. He was a shepherd boy. Here's what David was probably not doing while he's tending sheep. You know, he's probably not singing the Lion King thing where I just can't wait to be king. You know what I mean? He wasn't pulling a Simba. Because that, that wasn't even in his radar. He's thinking, man, I'm a really good shepherd. I've killed a lion. I've killed a bear. But as he began to mature, as he began to be more and more obedient in Christ, also in this crazy opportunity, hey, I'll fight Goliath. Hey, you know what? I... I I'll eventually become king because I'm anointed. And it was out of his obedience that he began to discover some of his gifts, some of the things that God had called him to. Here's the deal. If David had just said, hey, you know what? I'm going to sleep around. I'm going to do what I want, especially after he got anointed by Samuel. Hey, I'm going to do me. You know what God probably wouldn't have done? This is not biblical. This is just some wisdom. You know what God probably wouldn't have done? Probably wouldn't have blessed him. You know the life of Joseph. Man, brother sell him into slavery. And then what does he end up at? Second command. You know he's probably not doing in the middle of his, doing his, you know, cleaning somebody's car. He didn't, you know, they didn't have cars back then, but, you know, clean the house, doing whatever he's doing as a slave. you just probably thinking, you know what? It's going to be really nice one day when I'm second command in Egypt. No, but what do you do? What do we see over and over and over again? He is obedient. He's walking in Christ. He's maturing in his faith. And ultimately his purpose is found in Christ. And we see God develop him. That God had already prepared things for him to do. He gave him gifts that Joseph didn't even know he had. There's no way Joseph knew that he was going to be good, really good at politics. There's no way. But here's the deal. It's the same thing for you guys. You, some of you have gifts that you have no idea that you have. You don't. I had no idea that God was going to call me to speak all the time. And I'm not saying that's like my best gift in the world, but I had no idea that that was part of what God was calling me to do. But I started to go on mission trips. I started to, to, to serve more in my youth group. I started just to be more obedient, to grow in my faith. And you know what? God started to develop me because He'd already prepared things ahead of me. He'd already given me gifts that I did not know I had. And none of it had to do with Basketball. And the problem is that most of us, man, we're stuck on this purpose that, whether it's our sport, our school, whatever it is, man, we're stuck on this purpose and God's saying, hey, I have so much more I want for you. There's so much more that I want to show you. There's so much more I want to use you for. But you can't get off our social media page. You can't get off that you're going to be a Division Three baseball player or a basketball player. You fill in the blank. And what ends up happening is, is Many of us will be like my little tiny Christian college man, and we'll be 20, 21, 22. You know what we're still doing? We're still trying to live the dream in intermittent sports because we lack perspective in what God's trying to do in our life. Last point is this there's redemption in the journey. Here, I want you to notice real quick. Go back to, as you have Isaiah 6:5. it says this, and he says, Woe is me. I'm ruined. So he's saying, hey, I'm the worst. I'm ruined. Because I'm a man of unclean lips. And live among a people of unclean lips. Jump ahead to 6. What happens in verse 6? The angel comes, glowing coal. Where's the coal? Where's he put the coal? Where's he put it? Where's he put it? Mouth? On his mouth. And he says, what? Now that his. Now that this has touched your lips, your iniquity is removed, and your sin is atoned for. And ultimately, if you read through Isaiah, what is God calling Isaiah to do? He's calling him to preach. Uh, Israel's about to walk once again into a bunch of sin, and he's calling Isaiah to go preach. And yet, what does Isaiah, what does he say when he sees God? what What is undirty? What's dirty? What's unclean? His mouth. And yet, what does God ultimately use in Isaiah? What does He use to preach? You have to have what? A mouth. A mouth. He uses his mouth. The very thing that Isaiah, when he sees God, is saying, "God, I am so unclean." <laughs> I think they're I you get a lot of demands from the children's ministry. I am so unclean. And here's the deal: when I say, "Hey, God has called us to do great things." God has called you to do great things. God has given you gifts to do great things. Some of you are like, yeah, I, I know. I've noticed that I'm a lot really talented. But for most of us, the reality is they're like, David, you don't know what I've done. David, you don't know where I've been. You don't know what I struggle with. You don't know what I did last week. You don't know what I did at school today. But here's the deal. There's redemption in our walk with Christ. There's redemption in the journey. Because ver- oftentimes the very thing and that we're struggling with. The very thing that, man, we have a hard time with is the very thing God wants to use. First Corinthians 12, 9 through 11 says this, But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is perfected in weakness. Therefore, I will most gladly boast all the more about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may reside in me. So I take pleasure in weaknesses, insults, Hardships, persecutions, and difficulties for the sake of Christ. For, don't miss this. For when I am weak, only then am I strong. And so here's the reality. Many of us will sit on the silence for most of our life because you're just saying, God, there's no way you could use me. God, there's no way that you could ever use someone like me. God, you know more than anybody where I've been. God, you know what I've done what does God say? What is Paul saying? It's not in our weaknesses. It's in our dark past that God's going to use. Not that we're going to continue to live in it, but that God is going to use part of your story, the transformation in your life, for the sake of the gospel, for the glorification of our God. The last story is this. You guys may watch the news some. Uh, there's a guy named Kanye that you may or may have not noticed. has come to the faith in the last few months. And whether, you know, how you feel about that, I, you know, I'm, I'm not here to just make a political statement. But what do you want to do know. This last weekend, my brother was at a conference. And unbeknownst to me, guess who's there? No way. Kanye. In his Yeezys. He's there. <laughs> 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 you know what he's doing? God. You know what he's doing, though? He was singing. Here's why I bring that up. You know what Kanye did before he met Christ? Yeah. Have anybody ever? This is okay to admit. Have anybody listened to his old lyrics? Yeah, yeah. yeah. would you like me to sing Yeah, please. <laughs> we can do that after. We can compare notes. And here's the reality. I mean, just think about that for just for a second. I mean, let's be honest. A lot of Kanye's more so than most secular music. It's sacrilegious to the max. And he meets Jesus, and there's a transformation in his life. And you know what he's doing? using the same exact thing that he did for the other kingdom. We'll call them the bad guys. The very thing that, man, he was filling up people like me, and I was, because you guys were too young for his old stuff, but people like me and Liz who were teenagers, and filling our brain with sin and just glorifying sex and women and, you know, all these different things. And here's what he didn't say. He said, hey, God, you know, now that I'm a believer, i probably got to give up the singing thing because I've probably blown that. No, <laughs> no. No, he takes the coal man, and he touches it and at- his sins are atoned for and he begins to use his gifts for what? For Christ. To glorify Christ because just like Ephesians 2.10, God has prepared to use Kanye, which I know that is such a mainstream thing to say, but it's the truth that God has prepared things in advance for him to do with the very gift that he was worshiping sin with. And yet now, man, what is he doing? <laughs> bringing glory to the kingdom of God, bringing people, making disciples through the very same thing. And so the reality is for us tonight, guys, is A, that we talked about at the beginning, this call to go, this call to be sent is not optional. It's not. Uh, God did not say, hey, you know, if you can fit me into your schedule for the next 20 years. would be nice if you can make some disciples it's not what he said he said hey go and make disciples of all nations that is to be your priority love me and make disciples and then you say hey man i you know i get that but i'm not qualified scripture would say you're wrong and i love you guys but i'm going to trust my bible over me or you when it says, hey, all of us have been given gifts by God. It may not be the ones we want. It may not be the ones that make us rich. It may not be the ones that make us famous. But I've given you gifts to reach the lost. I've given you gifts to make disciples of all nations. And if you will simply walk in obedience with me, if you'll trust me, you'll walk with me, man, I'm going to use you in ways you never thought possible. And if, and if we... As a youth group, we as body a body believers would get that. And we'd be like Isaiah in verse 8 when it says, who should I send? Who will go for us? And we wouldn't hesitate. Here I am. God, send me. Hey, who's going to go to Leesburg High School? Who's going to go to First Academy? Who's going to go to Oak Park? Who's going to go to Carver? Who's going to go to my friends who I know no one else is reaching? Who's going to go? And many of us will say, ah, you know, I invited them to church one time. They, they said they were busy, so we're done. And who's going to go for the homeschoolers? Who's going to go? And so my hope is, not my hope, my charge is that we would be a body of believers who say, God, I know how big you are. I know what you've done in my life. And even better yet, I know you want to use me because you said you did. And I don't know how you want to do it. I don't know what you're going to do, but God, I'm going to trust you. And I'm going to go. I'm going to start to do hard things. I'm going to begin to witness. I'm going to begin to just ask someone if they even believe in God. I'm going to at least start the conversations. I'm going to at least let them know that, hey, I'm a believer. (laughs) They may not even know that. And the question for us is, who should I send? Who will go? And my hope, my prayer is that we'll go, me. God, yeah. Me. You guys pray with me.